Ladies and gents, welcome to Book Record Beer, Season 3, Episode 5. Uh, we are super pumped because we are remote once again at our good friend, Christina and Alex's... It's called a bookshop, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so we're off to a good yeah, start. Yeah, your bookstore. <laughs> I, I was, was going to say the establishment's name, uh, a novel idea on Pashyunk, but... Uh, yeah, so we are here as always. I am uh, Nick Mahalik, joined by my good friend Daniel DeFranco. That's me. Hey, guys. My good friend Nick Gregorio. Oh, hey. And our other good friends, Alex and Christina. Hey, hey how's guys. it going? Uh, right. Just for the record, this is the beer actually opening. So <laughs> Nick wasn't drunk already. So. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the clarification. These yeah. guys never get my back with that. They're always just, they, they leave me It out hasn't started To yet. be assumed. Yeah. I that like, was an excellent break. I like too, the guest just, uh, was very breaking very nice. form and just destroying the nitro <laughs> awesomeness of the can <laughs> an hour before we're going to get to it. So that one's his. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, we are here on uh, Passion recording in the store. Um, take a moment. Tell, tell, tell everybody a little bit about the, the place before we jump into the cast. Oh, you're making me do it. Yeah, you're doing it. Uh, yep. So we just opened the bookstore in December. Uh, it's a small space that focuses on uh, small press and local authors. So we actually have Nick Gregorio and Dan DeFranco's books for sale here. So if you like them from this and you might like their books, you should come on by. That's uh, this distance for sale. <laughs> As yeah. well as... And a panic years. <laughs> panic years for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we also do a ton of literary events here and other cool witchy events and things. So come on by, visit us. We're nice people. It's we a beautiful place. It's an absolutely beautiful <laughs> so, place. It's lovely. Yeah, I was, uh, I was really, really, really psyched first time we came in. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so let's get into it. Season three, episode five. We are looking at a recent release from a Philly author on a Philly press this is The Vampire Gideon Suicide Hotline and Halfway House for Orphaned Girls by Andrew Katz. I'm to take a nap after saying that title. It is a really long it's title. Really yeah. long title. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I, yeah. I get the title. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is, this is uh, our book. We are looking at uh, Sharon Von Etten's newest release. Daniel Van Etten. Van Etten, yeah. yeah. And the, new, the, the release is called, I just flew right out of my head. Remember Your Name. Thank you. And I should remember the album. Wow. And name of the album. <laughs> um, and of course, we are, uh, as <laughs> Alex clearly demonstrated, doing a nitro. Sorry, I lied. It's called Remind Me Tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> my God. Um, <laughs> Left Hand and Brewing Company's Wake Up Dead uh, Nitro. This is a Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, and with the nitro, that's why it had such a crisp and awesome crack, uh, because it is just pumped with that gas. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. That's why it does it. Uh, pumped with that gas. Pumped with that gas. Mm. All right. Let's get into. Let's get into the book. Let's do um, it. So. I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, at first, I was uh, unsure of if this is going to really take that YA sort of bent mm. uh, at first because, you know, you have this very interesting dynamic between a 16-year-old girl and a undead vampire, um, which is very interesting to start, but then it can lend itself to that, I think, very readily because of the supernatural element combined with the uh, younger protagonist. So did anybody else get a sense... From start to finish, that perhaps this uh, does 
take that sort of like a turn or does it stay literary for you the whole time if we're using those sort of genre markers? I don't know if I'd say YA. Because it is shockingly violent. Yeah. At yeah. times, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that doesn't, I don't think uh, being violent is not, um, doesn't mean that YA can't be violent. Well, YA yeah. can, can be violent, fact, but I don't really see people like is. squishing gray matter in hands in Y matter. Yeah, but think of like mangas and, and different things like that. Oh, well, manga is a whole different world. Yeah, but it's meant for young people. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think because our protagonist is an undead vampire, right, who's very, very old, that that keeps it within the realm of being adult literary fiction. Yeah. Though I see what you're saying, Nick, of, you know, one of our main characters is a 16-year-old girl. We spend a lot of the time in the book with her. Um, mm-hmm. So I get that. I think if it was from her perspective, definitely YA. Yeah. 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 Um, absolutely. I think the the dialogue really is pretty interesting because there's just this really clear juxtaposition between the two because he is from a different century almost, right? I mean, like literally, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, and and of course she is alive now. So like the dialogue causes that sort of conflict to continually occur, um, where you're thinking, oh, wow, this is uh, this is certainly quite a a matchup between the two because then he'll dip into her vernacular at times, um, which I think, you know, that was going to be my other thing to start. Like I found this really humorous and I didn't expect it to be as humorous as it was, um, which was, I think a very good uh, way to offset the violence that was mentioned before, where you do have this healthy medium that he's walking a line, but it's not, it's not razor thin one. I think, I think that we're moved when we need to be moved and we're sort of, made to laugh when things get tense enough that you should laugh. So in that way, I think the book was um, really paced nicely and put together well. I don't know, feel free to disagree, but that was one of the major things I took away from it was like, wow, I got through this relatively quickly. I think yeah, I was talking to Daniel today, like two, three days maybe yep. Um, yep. of reading, and I was I was very pleased. The, I was like, wow, that was you know, nicely paced. Everything kind of like happens as it does. Because to be perfectly honest, a debut novel – from someone who's still in a writing program. Yeah, he graduated. He's at Arcadia's program. Yeah, he's yeah. at Arcadia's program. Where currently. most of us went. <laughs> <We're right>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I, I was, I was like, wow, you know, I tip my hat uh, after after Enix. I was like, not. An, uh, it's an impressive achievement. To it really say is. At least. For yeah. first novel. Uh, yeah. I wanted to go back to your uh, comment about their their language troubles and like not really um, being on the same line. And I think it is humorous. And I think it was done well enough that. Any more, and I'd start to like roll my eyes. Sure, and if it yeah. was in a movie, it, it's a really fine line between Jesus Christ, no, he doesn't know Harry Potter. Like, okay, <laughs> we get it, yeah. we get it, you've beaten it to death. And I think it was enough that we were, oh, that's funny, aha, he's using it on her, and, absolutely, and, and that's it. Like, it was it, is, right, it was very yeah. balanced. Yeah. Can um, we get a? I'm just gonna give a brief, just brief synopsis. Let's so oh, brief synopsis. That's a good idea. Before we get any further, yeah. so this yeah. book is about a vampire who is undead because that's all vampires. That's how they work. Yep. And he runs. <laughs> it's a rule. It's a, it's a rule. It's, it's the one rule that's that how is they work. Uh, constant in all vampire literature. Undead. <laughs> uh, and he runs a suicide hotline. And at first, like, oh, so we can get like, f- like guilt-free meals. But no, he actually wants to help people. He addresses that immediately. Too. Yeah. 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 And a uh, sixteen-year-old girl calls, and his instinct is to go help her. Mm-hmm. And and then we're off to the races for the rest of the book. He brings this young girl in. She's sixteen years old. She's now orphaned. Yeah. Uh, no small Thanks part to him. Due to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And, and the, the the abusive foster father, mm-hmm. I think. Is, I mean, this happens in the first few pages, so we're not yeah, really yeah. spoiling anything. Uh, so is, it's, is disposed of. 
by said uh, vampire. vampire. Gideon. Yeah. yeah. So that that's the premise. And then the book is just exploring that dynamic between uh, this over 100-year-old guy. Or isn't he like 70-year-old? He's not like incredibly old, but he's... He's close. I, I mean, his father early served 1900s. in World War I. Yeah, I think yeah. he's like just about 100. Yeah, almost yeah. 100. Okay. Yeah. So it's not as creepy as uh, you know, like a Twilight thing where the guy's 900 years old creeping on a 15-year-old, but... There's not that much of an and age no difference sparkles. in Twilight, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's not that much? No, he's like 117 or something. Oh, I, I've watched all the Twilight movies. Oh, <laughs> Which which reminds me as well. Uh, I do want to introduce everybody in a in a fashion that. Uh, oh no! I don't know if I'm in the place today. I, I didn't know this. We're gonna do some chopping. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna introduce everybody by way of my favorite vampire story, which is um, what we do in the shadows. So I knew it. Uh, I fucking knew it. Daniel, <laughs> gonna, so funny. You're gonna be. Is, this the, is that the New Zealand one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Great. So you are gonna be our uh, Nosferatu type uh, character. You're Peter. You're the oldest. <laughs> That's uh, the guy. He's like dude. he's like all fangy in the corner. Yeah, he's, he's Nosferatu. <laughs> um, he, it's it's only because you're the oldest dude at the table. That was really the only reason that happened. Right. But he also is like he has this really interesting. Uh, Personality that comes through at times. Very caring so, guy. Yeah, you're you're him. Sweet. Uh, Even you're Deacon because I think you would love the time period that Deacon is from. Nick uh, talks Christina. to Christina. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I think <laughs> I think Missy, you would really you would really like the time period that he's from. I think he's like 16, 1700s. It seems like something that uh, the attire anyway. Uh, so I picked Deacon for you. Um, Sounds good. Gregorio, <laughs> you're uh, Viago because you're a. Uh, I think I pronounced that correctly. I always forget. I haven't watched in a little while. <laughs> but uh, he is. He's our. He's our main guy. Right. Yeah, you're damn right. <laughs> and, uh, you're damn right. I feel like. I feel like he's just this. Um, this uh, really. Touchingly romantic dude, and, and that's you. Uh, and you did just rent Thanks. a roller skating rink for your wife. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I yeah. Did do that. So there we are. Yeah, it was probably because of all these posts I've seen due to it being Valentine's Day week. Um, <laughs> and Alex, you're Vlad uh, solely because of the beard. Okay, uh, fair enough. I'll take it. Impaler. I don't yeah, think you're Vlad the Impaler. No. I shut your imagination. Um, but Not I, today, I at least. Like, <laughs> I feel like uh, maybe after a few of these Russian sales. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's my introduction for everybody. Uh, I don't have one for you for that movie, but Well, there's on, no other characters left. There's none. <laughs> Unless I'm no. the dude, the friend. You Are you the friend? No, I don't think so. You're, you're one of those werewolves. Just one of those oh, dick sweet. werewolves. <laughs> I like the, oh the manager God. from Flight yeah. of Concords. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the one trying to calm them down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can also be a dick. Rias Darby. You can also be <laughs> but then Rias Darby loses it at one yeah. point. He's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Um, right, let's jump back into the book. Let's jump back into the book. So... And we're back. What we were talking about, I think, actually is one of the things that I had a little bit of issue with, which was that she, being our 16-year-old, uh, either foil for getting into her protagonist, however we want to put it, um, perhaps both, she she's like obsessed with things that I think someone our age would be obsessed with. And being around 16-year-olds quite a bit, it was it was a little bit tough for me to really swallow that she loved 90s hip-hop and that she knew all of the movies that she did and was constantly making the, mm. the I mean, just like plentiful number of references to all of these Clueless different things. references. 
Yeah, like Clueless and all of the uh, movies, the Royal Tenenbaums and all the, the movies by um, the director. Uh, Wes Anderson. Wes yeah. Anderson, thank you. Yeah, all the Wes Anderson films mm-hmm. and all, all that stuff. So that was, that was one of those things where that was where I actually seemed to go, oh, Cats, this is like a, a, a first novel. This is something that um, he has all these things that he loves and is putting them all in the book because he loves them. On her. Um, yeah. and, and she's the one that is conveying that to us. So I don't know if anybody else felt that That's way. Like, that that might have yeah. been my own personal thing as a writer. Like I try and not do that um, okay. a whole bunch because I feel like I'm constantly doing it and I feel like everybody's going to know and see through it and like be upset. I wasn't upset by it, but I was like, oh. That I, was my biggest critique, I think, of, yeah. of oh, the right. book. Uh, and I guess full disclosure before I, I say anything else, I met Andrew Katz. Uh, I did a workshop at Arcadia. Look at you! <laughs> I mean, we've met Andrew Katz twice. So. Damn! Gauntlet Well, I met him. I was, I was uh, doing a lecture at Arcadia uh, in January for the residency, and he mentioned that he had published a book. Um, and at the end, we said, hey, let's swap books. And it turns out, this is the guy for the book that we had already picked for the cast. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I only want to mention this is because first off, I think this is a good book and I would recommend it. Yeah. But yeah. since I know the guy, I also don't want to see him. I'm just going to say everything is great because I know the guy. Right. So I would, you know, we don't think that you'd do that. Peter. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you you say that shooter. to me and I'm like, we see each other a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, well, I guess when Andrew's listening, Andrew, you did a good job, but we will be critical. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, absolutely. That was something that you know, as a, I think more as a writer than a reader, I'm hyper aware of because I'm like, do you in. put in all the things yeah. you, you love? Yeah. And I didn't think that it was just too overwrought, but I was like, I'm noticing it. So he maybe should have killed some of his darlings, is what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. It's Nick's favorite cliche <laughs> <laughs> it is i love it i think it's uh, worthwhile um but yeah just being around 16 year olds a bunch that was the thing that actually like as a teacher too didn't seem like a 16 year old didn't no. seem like a 16 and there's something about precociousness that you know of course a lot of literary fiction has tons of these precocious kids in it she's 16 so perhaps she's beyond that time period to be that but um yeah just like actively reading candide and like um having the opinions that she did and then making all these references, it was her character to me. I wanted her to be more 16. Mm. Yeah, it was, she was more Andrew Katz than being 16. That's what it felt like um, by the time I got to the end because there's a number of things. There were, I felt like there were opportunities where we could have seen the 16-year-old, like that all these references and all this was some kind of sheen of personality mm-hmm. and her mm-hmm. actual self was a little more fragile, a little mm-hmm. more 16, a little more immature, and that's what she was using this stuff as a guise mm. too. Um, and that I felt there was a couple missed opportunities where that could have happened. And then I wouldn't have had this perhaps reaction that I'm having. I think the problem is that there was, <clears throat> there were too many of them. Sometimes they were just like back to back to back. And yeah. it's like, well, that, I the, get the, it. The she, moment didn't call for it. Exactly. They felt yeah. very forced and shoehorned in. Um, a few. We should clarify. A yeah. few. I mean, it happens enough, but he redeems himself. He is a good writer. Yeah. And yeah. he definitely does redeem himself uh, often through this book. Mm-hmm. But when, so when you show me that you're capable of pulling these uh, very nicely done, interesting narrative uh, feats, and then you just like throw in this reference to a thing that clearly you, you just love. like and you want to tell yeah. everybody you like, it's like, my man. Yeah. That's a little. Uh, I, I was waiting for the uh, nice nurse's uniform guy. Yeah. When the kid's wearing the, <laughs> the thing, I was just waiting for it, but it didn't happen. So, so good on you there. I have. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think that that's. Um, 
a valid point. Yeah, because I, I love the stuff that you fucking. He's just gonna give uh, you all your words today. This. We help each other out. All right, listen. I agree, um, but there was one. There was one reference that said this is stupid, but I think it's worth bringing up. He mentions a movie with Ryan Gosling and Kurt Russell. Yeah, and doesn't say is, the title of the movie, but there is no such film. Ryan Gosling was in a film called The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe. Oh. And through the description of the film later on in the book, he was describing that film. No shit. And I was like, God, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what you chose to You're be your such first an comment asshole. about. That was the one. <laughs> such an asshole. But I love that movie, and I, I was like, fuck, that's not. I'll be honest. <laughs> I was actually thinking... What movie is that? It's called I The Nice Guys, between, directed and written by I honestly Shane Black. didn't think about I thought it, it was that between, much. Yeah, what's it, Between Two Trees, Between the Pines? I thought, no, excuse me. Mm. I love that movie. And I was, I was like, man, well, I, I know uh, all of Baby Goose's movies. Like, well, Baby, I'm, Goose. Unless I'm <laughs> Baby Goose. Unless I'm completely... Fuck. Nick the gum is on that. Anyway, unless I'm completely mistaken, I'm pretty sure they haven't been in a film together. And I saw you that movie. For it. We you're, should probably You're the guy who watches all the movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, like the, the way he described it, I was like, that's a nice guy. That's, yeah. that's not Kurt Russell. Yeah. No, I mean. But that was, it's a stupid word. thing because it, who cares? There's Man, another yeah. reference on the next page anyway. Just take your mind off of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what I want to bring up is we talked a lot. I, I definitely agree that it doesn't always feel like a 16-year-old. And as someone who teaches college students who are nostalgic for things that happened when That's I was a very kid. True, very I true, feel yeah. like I saw her being more like 19 years old because I do have students who show up in like freaking overalls and scrunchies and are like talking about 90s things and I'm like Dude, that's really weird. Like I was 8 and that's why I wore overalls then. Like <laughs> stop doing it. Um so that's kind of how I saw her, but I liked the other references to pop culture that are throughout the book. So yeah. I was curious what you guys thought, because I thought that helped make it when there are serious moments, one that can make you laugh, but also because we've seen a million vampire stories, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I like just calling point. out like Twilight and I don't know. I can't even think of other ones right now. Does he mention interview with vampire? It doesn't. It does. I would uh, love to talk about that if I can oh. in a second. Yeah. But so I liked that it was all of those, like from the beginning, this is not that kind of thing. And I, I think Andrew Katz does a really good job of giving us a unique vampire mm-hmm. story. He's very, which very is hard to do. Yeah. He's very yeah. self-aware yeah. because there's a number of times where I noticed my brain went to this and in the next sentence or paragraph, he addresses it. Mm-hmm. Like this is not, going to happen that way like this right. is not yeah. what you're thinking no he's good and uh, yeah which was which was great because i really like to be that self-aware it just shows that you took some fucking time and you you this is a story that you, you feel strongly about and and he he tells well so i do, i do agree there and it is funny too because i have ninth graders who are nostalgic for the 90s and and do all that stuff <clears throat> but i do still see their you know what i mean like so the, the balance i don't think was right, as a as whole. Well. yeah I, I was gonna say um uh I did very much the same thing with uh, like my own mother when I was in high school. It was all of a sudden I'm listening to Floyd and Zeppelin. She's like, this is everything I listened to in yeah. college. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is great. This yeah. is awesome. So, so I'm wondering if, you know, obviously we don't care about her father, but if there was uh, that apartment was just dripping with nostalgia and we got a little bit of that, that she got it from him as much as she right. freaking hates him. Like that's where it that exists. That was like one line. Right. Just one, yeah. just one line. And I also yeah. thought that maybe, maybe we went back a little too far. Maybe it wasn't clueless. Maybe it's something from, you know, 
the mid 2000s. If it's just like a title swap, sure. that would cool our our issue yeah. with with like that. more Mean Girls than Clueless, right? Yeah, because the dude McGuire. was a, the foster father was a terrible terrible guy, and yet she's Jerry. You know, but you have Fucking you know. I, I think that's the thing. As as a child, she wants to, to have right. some semblance of normalcy, and 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 in that, you know, a, a child takes on things of their parent or their guardian, their role model, or something like that, and she's she's doing that amidst all the horrible shit that he's doing, and so that to me was another moment where I felt like it could have been ramped up beyond that single sentence of yeah. he listens to all this shit, and even though I fucking hate him and he sucks, it's like pretty good and I like it. Like that's how that's all we get, and I wish we got like a little bit more of the emotion that was connected to that choice mm-hmm. and not just only the... It was flippant sometimes. Yeah, just, just not only the wall that tells yeah. you that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's what most most of her personality seems to be as a wall. So here's why I think it does work, even though I probably would not have made that decision. Um, I'm a big vampire nerd. In the early aughts, I went super <laughs> deep into all the Anne Rice stuff. I read all the vampire novels and then anything else to get my hands on Bram. Bram Stoker, uh, Poppy Z. Bright. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't see this coming. <laughs> I, didn't you, I don't know if you're, you're being facetious. <laughs> I don't know if I am either. <laughs> I can say with certainty I did not see this coming. Let's see, let's see how this plays out. Okay. Um, what Katz does awesome is he pays a lot of homage to Interview with a Vampire. Uh, first of all, let me tell you a story. That's basically yep. Interview with a Vampire. Yep. Right. Um, and in the, inter- in the vampire series, the Vampire Chronicles, if you will, uh, there are certain vampires that are so old that they feel like they're going to be forgotten or, or like this age isn't for them. They just don't understand it. And then they just go and they slumber forever until they, you know, they don't die, but they just sleep for thousands they of years. Desiccate. Yeah. Nice. Desiccate. Vocab. Desiccate? Desiccate. Nice. I watch a lot of vampire shows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So vampires, and if you've watched Interview the Vampire, you remember uh, Antonio Banderas, his vampire Armand. It's it's super telling in Armand's story is that he goes and he, the reason he wants Louis, Brad Pitt's character, to be in his life is he needs a guide into the next age. So I was seeing uh, that that, uh, uh, synchronicity here, I guess, the parallel of Gideon needing, um, what was her name? 16-year-old girl. Margie. Margie. Thank you. Margot. No, right. well, Margo. Don't, don't call her that. <laughs> um, don't he needed dare. Margie, even yeah. though he, he didn't seek her out for that particular reason. But mm-hmm. that was a nice little nod if he did it on purpose or not. Because uh, it's only that. I, I didn't get any other indication that that's what the purpose was there. Yeah. It's it, gotta, if it's right? anything, it's just like a wink to people who know. Well, no, I think that he also thought that she it was his way to like make Rachel alive again. Okay. That, that was another oh, thing. 100%. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they looked the same. Anyway, yeah. um, and then the other thing, the interview with the vampire nod is when he fed her food, she yeah. says something like, oh, that was good. I want more, which is like, that's a clear, I, yeah. whatever he wrote is exactly what Claudia says when uh, uh, Tom Cruise gives her, gives her a little juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and you actually bring up one of my other questions that I was going to pose to you guys, which is, does that, can I tell you a story conceit work? I think it does here. In this, Surprisingly, in this yeah, I think it works as often as it happens. I was right. like, "Ooh, they were my favorite parts of the book." I also really loved when, at one point, I forget who he's on the phone with—the guy who he goes and sees all the time. I rich, think. rich, yeah, I think yeah. it's rich. 
or maybe it's the guy, the younger guy he talks to, but one of the people's just like, I don't want to hear a fucking story. (laughs) And I I like that because I also thought that was Andrew Katz, like giving a nod to like, yeah, okay, I've done this a lot. We're oh, getting that self-awareness. near the end. Yeah. I think it's self-awareness at all, but as well. But I also was like, that's so fucking funny. Which, yeah. which, I don't know if I want to hear another story from you, <laughs> but I think it overall it worked. Yeah. And yeah. that frustrates me because you see, it shows that Katz is like he's so aware of the thing that he's doing yeah. that when he goes when he toes the line, he goes over. I'm like, my guy. Like, Here's your self-awareness. Yeah. I don't care that you like these things. Like, yeah. I don't. Good, you like cooking food. I don't need all your recipes. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I um. I was going to say the same. I thought it worked surprisingly well and it had, it stood a real strong chance not to, um, mm-hmm. because it is just such a clear way to get two parallel lives into the same story. And like very, cause I mean, it's a page or two that mm-hmm. we get the story, but you get such a strong sense of who Gideon is in those two pages that I find, you know, I found myself going, man, he's really telling two stories at once here mm-hmm. and it's working in, uh, you know, sort of one setting you know with that with that conceit it's just a well thought out conceit i think and it, and it works well um yeah I, I i found it to be super interesting that i wasn't as annoyed as i thought i was gonna be you know because the first couple times you see it you, you you're like oh man but then you, you finish the book and you go wow that worked and that's you know? it did. and it's curious i would love to hear what non-writers think like we've studied the craft we're maybe we're more hyper aware of everything that's happening yeah behind uh, the veil yeah yeah uh, I was Alex, talking to my wife. Do you want to say anything? Well, not to put him on the spot. I mean, he's a writer, but not in. He's not a really. <laughs> he started performing poetry. That's ridiculous. It never happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, did you have any? Uh, did 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 you even like catch it, or was it just this is the way the story is being told? Um, a little bit of that's this is the way the story is being told. Uh, the references did dawn on me. I was like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little far for her. But I guess because I had that same sort of shock to my own family that I was listening to the same things they were or doing some of the same things that they were, um, that that cycle didn't seem as upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, just how, you know, every now and then, like, everyone all of a sudden starts dressing like a hippie all at the same time. Like, yeah. Neon colors come back and all of a sudden they're freaking <laughs> yeah. everywhere. It's like, okay, so we've hit that yeah. that 10 years of now it's back again sort of thing that yeah. I... I thought about it, but not enough for me to sure. bring it up every time he brought it up. Right. So, right, um, yeah, and I, I guess yeah. So that is one another thing that he does really well. I do want to take a moment though and talk about um, something that that troubled me a little bit, which was sort of like the flippant references to the sexual abuse and things of that nature that I thought were it's a little fast and loose with it. Yeah, yeah, a little fast and 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 loose with that. Uh, you know, not that the word rape like shouldn't be used or anything like that but just the way that she was using it, the way that he put it put it in there it's a little bit like hmm i'm not sure how i feel about that because well to be honest it was a little it was a little unsettling it felt like it was not given this sort of like page time or or, or just sort of like attention that it deserved if you're going to put that as an element of a character yeah. um that this is something that pretty much goes completely unaddressed and he's just putting it in there as a plot device to say like it's a right. thing right. Um, yeah. and and not necessarily as impactful or or you know to the degree that I think it should he's have not, been he's not he's not commenting on it which is almost and more And when it is commenting on it's almost like a joke yeah. and I didn't I, not that he makes it a joke cuz I don't want to take I don't want to say that but 
at times it felt like Margot is 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 putting it up as part of her wall mm-hmm. and almost making a joke out of it. And of course, we can make jokes out of terrible shit that's happened to us to, to make ourselves feel better about it and, and, and lighten the impact of it. But at the same time, I thought, well, she's so self-aware, it almost goes against her character to treat it as such. Um, if I, so I was actually fairly shocked with a lot of the language that was being thrown around, especially when it came to the phone calls that were being made and references to women and, and sex in general. Um, right. It, it was. I understood that it was. He was trying to get uh, speech patterns from these characters because literally they were just speaking on the phone. So there was. There so there's a couple no, of bros in there that right, are using that kind right, of language. That right. makes and that like made it, sense. It made yeah. narrative sense, but like to the point where like I, I totally agree that the, the rape felt a little devicey, mm-hmm. um, and you don't you don't want to see that. Um, but I thought in in context of the way he was developing character, like that sort of unsettling nature of the whole thing that I got pretty much from the entire novel, um, he made a choice and he, and he, and he ran with it. Yeah. Um, he committed. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, and I don't, and I don't think it was, um, I don't even know how to put it. Yeah. I don't know if I was being overly sensitive. That's why I wanted to, to, to see what everybody else thought, because I definitely, it pulled me out. Uh, I think the second time she said something about it, um, I remember being like, "Ooh, uh, you know, it, this is a weird it way." Might to be, it might be. It might been. Might have been easily rectified. Rectified, I think, if she's always kind of joking about it, and he always plays this fatherly figure that he doesn't take it the same way. That he reminds her that it's a serious thing, and he doesn't do that when he does it for a lot of other things. Like, oh no, this is. It's a very good point, Alex. This is a. Yeah. This is an issue you shouldn't. And even if it's once or twice, he corrects her and says, "Like, stop making a joke." Yeah, it's he does not it for funny. so many other things, right? I mean, he pulls he, a cigarette out of her mouth every time she exactly. Has a yeah. So you know I mean? why why not that? Right. And, it's, it's almost and that like might, he's like an actual father and doesn't want to address the really uncomfortable, awkward thing. Well, and <laughs> and maybe it's like we've said, he's been so ahead of us all this time that like him not addressing it is more of the thing that he wanted to bring across is but i don't think it's that meta when we're not like yeah cycling through that been, i think that's a yeah that's a little bit beyond it could have <laughs> been to the point where i mean she remind margo remind, reminds him of rachel so much and rachel was obviously abused by that right horrific she was raped, man. She right. Was raped, raped and they had a child yeah so yeah. that's that's where it goes but maybe and the cat's intention was that it was impactful for gideon as well I don't know, right? You know, like I, mean? I don't like he 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 didn't even want to bring it up because it was fucking painful for him. I don't know, it's a stretch, I think. But yeah, I think there's a lot going on there, and it definitely stuck out to me um, as a woman, um, especially in the world we're living in today. And it's a topic that is either people want to hear about, right, or they don't want to hear about it at all. So yeah. I wonder if that yeah. maybe was part of why. We get it, but we don't get it explored maybe to the extent that it should be because I already know that, I mean, I literally know this from talking to him, that Andrew Katz has received from some people pretty negative uh, feedback on the book uh, because he's dealing with these mental health issues and some abuse issues. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, if you're going to go for it, you got to go for it, right. I think. And um, I think Alex brought up a really interesting suggestion for what how it could have been rectified if we saw more of Gideon kind of being like the fatherly figure um 
And then there was one part in the book specifically with this subject matter that I was like, this should have been handled differently. And I felt like it was kind of skimmed over is when she comes on to him later on. And I felt like that was skimmed over. Right. And I was like, especially with her trauma, right. And, and he has his own trauma. You would think that there would have been more exploration of that because she's obviously putting, I would say she's projecting things onto him because of her past. Absolutely. And that could have been a really good place for him to, you know, step in and be like, no, <laughs> that's not like what our relationship is. Instead, he basically ignores her and then things are just like, okay, after right. a time. Right. 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 It's, it's, yeah, it's a very like, <laughs> it's almost typical what <laughs> might like really happen uh, because people don't address the awkward, the uncomfortable right. nearly as much as they should. The difference here is that this is a work of fiction. Right. Right. And so while it may happen in, in real life, fiction has to has to make sense. And for this person who has been on the phone dealing with people who are having these issues over and over again, I think the ending is the only thing that for me reconciled that a bit where it was made very clear. You're not qualified to be doing this. You should put the phone down, you know. And when that was said, I was like, "Oh, yeah," because he wasn't qualified to handle any of, this any other of shit it. That any he was of it. Doing. Any of it. And, None. And his and own life. That reality yeah. check. Um, you know, there's those moments where it, it, it is, you know, sort of like made very clear to him. You no, know, what you did was for you. You were being selfish, like that kind of thing. Um, but it's interesting to me that after all this time, he doesn't have that self awareness in this reality you know Mm -hmm. in 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 this current sort of like space that he's made for himself um until the very 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 end and and you and and it's tough you know does that i guess the thing for me was i didn't think even though it really did i think end really well i'm not sure that the ending was enough to reconcile that need for it in the moment you know when when it was happening in the story um that that opportunity arose to address what needed to be addressed and it wasn't and I realize that he's an imperfect character, and that's why, perhaps. Um, but I don't think that Dan wrapped it up enough for me to uh, to reconcile that. Um, and that was only that was really my my only major sort of like issue with the with the book was was just that that left me hanging. I was surprised it didn't come up at least just a sprinkling of it. Like you're not qualified. Like why am I on the phone with you? <laughs> yeah. And people, even just a. But people want a crutch. Like that's right. the reality. That, like, and and that's where where you said it's a narrative, so we need to understand. Like this needs to make sense, and for it to come up. And I recall because I burned through. I probably read 160, 175 pages in like one sitting, and mm-hmm. then the next morning woke up and just didn't leave bed and read the last 30 or 40. Right. So when the in a complete reading. It's like you're not qualified. It's like damn right you're not qualified. Like I had an actual reaction. Like it took this long. No, no shit. Right. So I'm wondering if that was a conscious choice or it's this is my like in conclusion. Right. You're not qualified, and then it sets off the rest of the story. Um, so I'm I'm yeah. surprised there wasn't one caller who yeah. asked him like, well. Do you have credentials? And he says no, and they just hang just hang up on him. And right. it's mm-hmm. maybe that's a whole chapter. I mean, that, it's just yeah. the two lines, and then the next person. Yeah. That could have um, effectively been like, "You're a fucking vampire. 
hang up. Right. Like, you but, know what I mean? Like there were. Well, I think that's what we're getting is Gideon is giving us. He's. It almost feels like Gideon is filtering who we're engaging with, mm-hmm. you know, here, like, because it's all the people that are like the long time callers pretty mm-hmm. much. There's only a few that are brand new. He if they are, they're in like, extreme yeah. distress yeah. Um, and they just need somebody. And he doesn't even get to the point where he's telling them that he's a fucking vampire. Like it's only after a while that he says yeah. that. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think uh, he, he, we're getting a, a little bit of sort of curation of who, the callers are that we're dealing with and that was going to be one of my i don't know did you have a comment on on that before we move forward dan i thought you were going to say something on what we were just talking about no. i'm sorry I okay I, thought you were <laughs> to, I, don't want, I don't want to talk over you so i wanted to give you your space to speak. i was looking at the walls there's so many books here like you, were, you were like <laughs> i was excited out of the selection here at a novel idea I'm past Yonk in Philadelphia. <laughs> Chill. Um, so that was going to be my, my other comment was, what did we think of the, the, the curated callers, the, the callers that we do get, uh, the choice of caller that, that he engages with? Like, do they all have the same? I felt like there was a very similar thread of brokenness that would be calling the 10th page in a Google search for a suicide hotline. And, and that I thought, at first, when I when he says, you know, it's the tenth page of a Google search, you can't find my number really readily. Um, I was like, well, who the fuck is going to the tenth page if they're in that much distress? You know, that threw me a little bit. But then when we start to see who it was, I was getting I was an awful like, lot of calls for the tenth page of a Google search. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the jumpers was a little bit of a stretch, right? Yeah. You're leaving a bar and you're going to jump off a, a parking garage. You're not yeah. going to the tenth page. That dude page. was a frequent caller, though. The first one, right. the dude that. Jumped right. from the parking garage. Yeah, yeah. Speaking, but just the there quick, were two the, people. Yeah, there were but two, the, yeah, the, the way he, the yeah. language in that when he saw the guy fall and hit the ground, he splashed down onto the sidewalk. Yeah, it's good writing. Just really great yeah. writing there. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> it, I mean, what we can take away from this, we've, we've, I th- feel like we've been rubbing a light smear of poo poo on this book, <laughs> but he is catch is a really good writer, and Absolutely. he does a lot of great things in this. No, I thought this was a great book. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'll stand by that for sure. But I think there were some things that you know, in terms of writing, uh, not in writing, even in story, should have been uh, yeah. addressed. Uh, can I? Can I address? Sorry, Daniel. Yeah. So address. Can I? Can I finish? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing that out. Right? You brought that on yourself, sir. The... No, no, I thought that was a good one. Okay. <laughs> I uh, my limited understanding of this book, um, as someone who has written a first novel that got... Look at you! <laughs> oh, man. Shill? <laughs> <laughs> Panic Years, available at a novel <laughs> idea. <laughs> it's $16. <laughs> and signed. Uh, and signed. Um, I, I've, I workshopped... With uh, Joshua Izzard, who is the head of the Arcadia MFA program, which is where Andrew Katz is going. Correct. I feel like, well, I know that Andrew Katz did not get the full Izzard treatment on this. I think he barely got any. Okay. So I feel like a lot of uh, things that we're finding uh, fault with in this book, I think, are largely coming from uh, not enough time from finished to publication. My understanding True, yeah. is, it got, is that it got accepted and published really quickly. That's, that's my understanding. And Israel didn't really give it the full workshop treatment. And, and Which, so treatment I actually we, can comment we have intimately a, about, about yes. that because I've talked to Andrew about it. Okay. Um, so he started writing this in the program. So that's incredible when Holy you think shit. about it. Within a year, he wrote, like, it was not started before the MFA. Wow. Um, so you think start to finish, you're writing a novel 
within about a year, right? Um, he was working on Azard with it. He had gotten, I don't know if Azard saw it before he submitted it, but I know Lanternfish said tentative yes if you make certain changes. Hmm. And according to Katz, what he sent back after Azard looked at it, um, they actually said we wouldn't have accepted this because they, Azard pulled out, a court, this is all hearsay, um, <laughs> pulled out a lot of the like, weirdness that lanternfish likes because lanternfish mm -hmm. likes the unusual right? right and they want it to have fire it, to it right yeah it was um, like the character that made the story so then his he, was kind of removed right. a little bit and they said we wouldn't have even said tentatively yes if it was right. like this the first time go back and add that stuff back in so then gotcha. i think he worked with stephanie feldman on it a little bit okay but still oh, yeah. you are looking at yeah. a really short period of time right this book came out in october yeah so like there's not a ton of editing happening yeah. um 10 30 when 18. you think like Holy how crap. many years were you working on your book I, I wrote it in a year but then as well but then, but then about another year and a half of pouring it over but i also right. I, I had the izzard treatment every he was my mentor i had Which, it by the way every it's just a wiffle ball bat that's what the Azar treatment is. It's just a wiffle ball. Just bat. beating you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it really is. I, don't, I found a Plastic lot of... Plastic slapping on the back. Flack it up. The things that he guided me on, on mine, I saw some of the same mistakes in here. I'm going to call them mistakes. We'll call them, um, I don't know, impulses as, as a first-time novelist. And sure. I felt like... Um, Again, I don't, I don't know what the specific things were that he took yeah. out, of, yeah. out of this book, but I do know what the specific things were he told me to dial mm -hmm. down, and I saw those. Like, he, Izzard would not have, you know, let him, let him. Izzard would have definitely commented on, let's do this instead of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. So that's, that's just one of my, uh, I don't know, thoughts on the book is, is I think it, it was very fast. Very fast. Yeah, yeah I 100% yeah. I agree fast? with that. Um, <laughs> Perhaps. There's so much working here, and then there are moments mark. where mark. Exactly. where it's just not hitting the mark that mm -hmm. that it really could to make it transcend, right? Absolutely. Being just a great yeah. book, but a fantastic book, right? Yeah. Um, but when you hear the story of, like, he wrote it within a year and got it published, I mean, that's incredible. Um, but that also brings up the question of, was it submitted too quickly? Yeah. Was it accepted too quickly? I mean, we all, a couple people in here have books and there are several people in here working on books, right? We all want to get that acceptance. Um, I need it. Need it. I need it. I need it too, man. Jesus. I need it too. Shut up. You have two fucking bucks. Have one yet. I need more. So if Nick or Gory ends up murdered after this yeah. podcast, you're in a bookshop. Buy a bunch. come find Jesus my alley. Christ. Uh, <laughs> But I think, you know, there's the idea of, and, and Zard talked a lot about this in the program, like you don't want to get something published until it's ready, until you're yeah. not going to look back at it and be like, shit, I maybe would have done this different or dialed back this mm -hmm. or maybe expanded on this section. Yeah. And, you know, no piece of writing's ever going to be perfect. You're always going to look back at it and be like, what the fuck was I thinking right. here? But Might just even be a perspective or state of mind that changes mm -hmm. by the time you get. But yeah. letting something you know. sit, right, mm -hmm. can yeah can really um, unearth the things that might not quite be working. Yeah, put it away for six months. Uh, yeah, you have fresh not, eyes, um, you know. Ignore the fact that there were editors at Lanternfish that greenlighted it as well. Sure, they yeah, but said, I mean, I mean as, it was, as it was, was said, I, though. It was peer-reviewed, obviously. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so they were looking for, for, for the weird, you know, and that's, you know, got one it. of the things that, that yeah. might have been the case. Um, overall, though, I think let's do final thoughts uh, on the book. Uh, we're pretty much there. Uh, mine is excellent book. 
I really liked it. These <clears> things <throat> stuck out to me, and uh, and I think you're absolutely right. I think you you put it right on the head, uh, Christina. If if we were to, or uh, if he were to have addressed a couple of things, would have elevated it into that status where I would, I, yeah. you know, might even consider it because I know a lot of my students would love to read something mm-hmm, like sure. this. I would have considered like getting a, a class or something like that, and uh, you know. Um, done it that way because it could have really absolutely a couple things addressed would have elevated to that excellent excellent text yeah. but otherwise excellent re- great read yeah. yeah i would i would agree i would say this is a a good book that could have been a very good to excellent book yeah and for that reason i well i still definitely recommend it and you should yeah I, come down here when's when's he here he's here this friday the t- what is that the 22nd, 22nd? The 22nd. at 6 30 okay nice. so he'll be reading from yeah. the book signing answer any questions so if you want to tell him things you didn't like about the book it's actually the day the cast comes out so if you're listening to this on the day of the release (laughs) come down to Novel Idea at 6.30 if you're catching this after don't come down well not for Andrew Katz we'll still have books we'll still still have books books. Um, Um, but for that reason of of a good book that could be very good or excellent I give it five out of seven last sunrises (laughs) Okay. <laughs> what in I'm with you. I'm at a five out of seven last sunrises. Yeah. So well done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually applaud the the this book quite a bit. The the release of information throughout the novel, the fact that you don't get Gideon's name until close to the very end. It's the on fact, the cover page. No, but you don't like throughout the story. You understand yeah, I'm what kidding, I'm saying? I'm kidding. <laughs> and then the way he's described or the way he describes himself early on, you kind of get this like Nosferatu shadowy guy with a cape and all that and then that gets taken away the more you learn and it was just really well done in that Mm -hmm. regard I I was very impressed Um, uh, I felt for some reason that it was trying to build up to a big reveal that didn't happen Um, I don't know why I felt that way because it's moving quickly yeah Um, and that but I think that was just my own I think the big reveal it's, is you're not fucking you shouldn't be doing this. It's thing. Right. it's more of a Scorsese. It ends and you're like, away. well, wait, yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> wait, it's fucking done. Yeah. Oh, okay, oh, okay. I get. Uh, we just we just get these two days and then we're done here. That's yeah, the that's, story. That's, kind that of was, thing. It actually turned out that thing that I was like, ah, uh, it actually ended up being a strength because like that yeah. that really lends itself to a really good read. Every end is a new beginning. <laughs> 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 no, it, 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 it is a it's a really good book. I would recommend it to. To anyone really who, especially people who like vampires, I mean that's really great. Yeah. Um, so five out of seven sunrises. Last sunrises because you're a vampire. Right, right, right. Yeah. You always got a last uh, one. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what. Six out of seven last sunrises. How's that? Yeah, you don't have to approval from me. Scale. So I agree with all of the things that have been said. Um, I think one of the really great things about this book is that it does move really quickly. Um, I've been reading a lot of stuff, whether it's short fiction or novels lately, where it just fucking drags. And I'm not going to call anything out right here, but there's a lot that I'm reading that I'm not happy with. So I liked the pacing up until the end because I felt like I was just kind of left there and I was like, well, I need more. Um, it's also, that could be a good thing, a good right? Book, yeah. yeah, could be. But I don't want to. I don't want a sequel to this. Is is okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's like I wasn't at the I want more good place. I was at give me at least like one more chapter or three more pages that kind of makes this something more. Like in the medium place. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like in the medium, <laughs> medium place. place. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed the book. I would say I probably would give it five and a half out of seven last sunrise. Ooh, a little, <laughs> a little dog in there. A little one dollar. That was yeah. a price yeah. is right. One dollar. Yeah. I also have to say that it has a really awesome Son fucking a, cover. I was gonna, yeah, Sorry, Alex. Um, and this book, I will say, has sold really well, regardless of whether or not people like it when they buy it. I, I can't guarantee that. But we sell this every day because the cover is just phenomenal. Um, what is that font? So, Bodani? Bodani condensed. I mean, it's just good. <laughs> it's a really nice font. It just it draws you in. I think. <laughs> it's not. I use that every day. It's okay. not. I think the cover draws you in. I think the characters draw you in. Um, I would not necessarily recommend it to everyone like Nick would because well, I, I think that that. there are some people so who would be up at the there moment. are some people who would be definitely triggered by this book, and I almost feel like it might need a trigger warning inserted. Um, hmm. it, just a thought because you are talking about some pretty heavy things. Um, right. Thanks, honey. That might like trigger people, right? right. So, um, <laughs> so that's that's my comment. But like I said, overall, really liked it. I thought you were going to interject there, so I didn't. Nope. I didn't say anything. I have um, else. That's a caffeine snapping at you. <laughs> okay. Literally, this is fucking rocket fuel. I'm like, <laughs> uh, we're all on the same same page, uh, and I think because I burned through it so quickly um, that it was I, I liked it so much that I was able to just sit down and I read it and it came easily like Christina said we've both been reading a ton and there are seeing things that like this book is amazing like I am str- like I'm struggling I can't put myself in a bubble and just read and explore this all the time and this one just came really easily so if that's like a, a book that you like I'd say that's definitely um, it's definitely worth the the, the look. Um, I am also I was between five and six, and I was thinking mm-hmm. five and a half. Last <laughs> um, <Well>, sunrises. <laughs> yeah, I'm, we're going with five and a half uh, last sunrises. But till you're running home at dawn. Yeah, yeah. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nicely done. All right, excellent. Yeah, so Hold overall, on. a very positive uh, review with a few. Things to note. All right. And we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Talk about Sharon Van Etten's album, Remind Me Tomorrow. And we're back. Right on. So let's uh, jump into the album. I know, Daniel, this was uh, your choice for album. Take it away, my friend. Right. Introduce us. This is Sharon Van Etten's 2019 uh, release, January 2019, called Remind Me Tomorrow. Um, Sharon Van Etten is an artist that I'm newly uh, familiar with. I was unfamiliar with until recently. Is that right? Newly familiar? Is that a I thing? I don't think you can ha- be newly familiar. Can you be whelmed? Well, my wife was going to the concert, and uh, I was like, oh, who are you going to see? Make a long story short, I checked out the album. I was like, this is, this is actually really good. I like it quite a bit. Um, and then I took a deep dive and went through her whole back catalog, which was super exciting because I really like this album. And then her previous albums, like they just keep getting better and better. Um, so with that hindsight, this is a slight departure from her previous efforts that were more kind of like singer-songwriting indie rock, this kind of... 
very mid-tempo rock. Almost all of her stuff is mid-tempo, yeah. kind of brooding, but these really nice hooks in each song. Uh, this one, she took a break for a few years, did some acting, and then she was in the OA, and then she was in an episode of Twin Peaks, um, the new one. Uh, she played a song. Dave Grohl's like in the audience. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> neat. Um, so this one, she went with a producer that worked with St. Vincent, and I think that's why we get okay. the synths on this. Mm. Yeah, I can so, see that. So sort of like trying to reimagine her her sound, yeah. uh, but it's still very distinctly her sound with, uh, I think, these cool synth parts elevated. If not a little, <laughs> if not a little too mid tempo and brooding, uh, but the synths don't do anything. But tones, tension is palpable. It's just, it's just, it's just tones. Okay. I did not care for the album. Let me finish the introduction for, before you to be, to be completely, <laughs> to be oh, completely no forthright. So I am not going to continue. You, you finish, and then I can give you know. My I've crapped out enough of your album, so yeah. this will be fine. <laughs> um, she's from New Jersey. Uh, her birthday is February 26th. So, Sharon, if you're listening, happy birthday. Oh my God, you really did do a deep dive. <laughs> oh, man. That's well, Wikipedia. Come on. All right. <laughs> if you like it, you, okay. by the way, you should support Wikipedia if you like it. And if you don't, you should thank that don't. one guy who's written like 80% of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, she's from New Jersey. Yep. She lived in, uh, uh, she's in New York now, but she recorded her first two albums in Philadelphia. Right on. Um, and then she was in Brooklyn. Well, like Milk Boy or something? No, not Milk Boy. It's a place I haven't heard of before called like Hedge Hex. Studio or something. It was okay. like 2009. I don't think the studio exists anymore. I could be mistaken. I googled it and I couldn't find anything about gotcha. it. Gotcha. Um, I always supported Jerseyite. Yeah. So, so you you remember uh, you referenced you got this kind of Bruce Springsteen mid 80s Springsteen vibe, which I did. Jesus. It's just that's exactly what I got from Gross. listening to this. And I'm wondering because she's from Jersey and she is a little bit older now. She's yeah. in her late 30s and you she's know? trying to uh, look at Titus Andronicus. Rein- Completely different, but you can go. Oh, there's some Springsteen in there. You know, and it's one of those things where with her, I felt like the introduction of the synths sounded as foreign to her on this album, though I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Just from my interpretation of first listen to this album, I thought the synth sounded as foreign to her as they did with Springsteen. Right. Interesting. And and, and I thought, you know, this is is talk about shoehorned. This is just a, a, a dull tone here and there. That soars for a, a half a measure and then and then decays. And I am a lover of synth, which is why I think you thought I would yeah. enjoy. I'm, this. Actually, I'm actually very disappointed. And, I thought and, we could like be brothers over something again. Uh, you know, and this, maybe it is together. an album that I have to listen to a bunch, but I'll be perfectly again. Like like oh, this is the split. Uh, but it, the the thing about it for me was really I felt that this is not a utilization of a synth that this mm-hmm. is this is just not even texturing it's it's just a a, a, a tone it's like forgetting sarah marshall where it's like it's just, just tones, tones. <laughs> it's just tones like that's how i felt uh, through yeah. most of it and ironically you were like well listen once you get about halfway through the album then the rest of it is, yeah. the second half is a little bit different and the first song i listened to was the one you was thought the, i'd love yeah. <laughs> i said it does seem like track five uh which is the 17, song 17 yeah. if you listen to track Five or six, seventeen to the end. It almost seems like a different album. Like kind of picks up. It's a an A side, B side kind of thing. Yeah, it, it seems like seventeen. So that I, I just, I, I really did. And my, big, my biggest thing was like, what are the synths doing? Like, there's a similar a band that plays similar mid tempo mm-hmm. type stuff. It's, it's darker. They're called Fever Ray, and that is just the utilization of the synth in, in just like the best way. And this is the way I don't like to see a synth used, frankly. And that's that's fine. Yeah. 
just my that's just my thought. Great counterpoint. Um, yeah. I think she's <laughs> I think she's uh, I think she's okay. a great okay. I think she's a great Not singer. Not a little. I didn't. I don't think she's much of a lyricist. Uh, I I thought she has wow. a good voice, and that's Tell about it. What you really <laughs> right. think? Yeah. Savage beating in public. That's where I that's where I landed on the album. Um, I think and, you know it's one of those things. I love that we do this because then I do I get exposed to so much new stuff, and some of it you know you'll love, some of it you won't. Uh, this was one that didn't didn't. Um, didn't do it for me. Yeah, I, I, the lyrics aren't aren't awesome, but they're good. They're not. They're, I don't think they're uh, uh, cloying at all. Yeah, but they're it's kind of like sometimes bad. when a when a middle schooler oh drops his bomb and, yeah. and it's like they're you know they're trying to be cool. Yeah. That's oh, no, that's when when Demi Lovato <laughs> says fuck in a song. That's like that. Although I, I love I didn't know Demi she did too, that. So. I don't know. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's a real delight. A real it's treat. like she's also having a real difficult time now. So like, let's not pick on the girl. <laughs> well, I'm saying from the last record from years ago, yeah. it said fuck. I was like, wow, that was seemed out out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I think I think Sharon Van Etten's the real deal. She. Uh, that's the thing. I don't have the history. And we, yet. Yeah, we could we could talk about it maybe all fair. Just like how she started, like just burning her own records and just really hustling it for years that's until um like handing out Jersey CDRs. Way, yeah. uh, her album "Are We There" is incredible. And if you listen to that album a few times, I'm not saying like you, Nick. I'm looking right at you, but everybody, if you listen to <laughs> "Are We There," uh, you listen to that album, and then you listen to "Remind Me Tomorrow." It's like, oh, you can see the growth. It's definitely a songwriter yeah. that's got a vision. Uh-huh. And she's doing these things that are very unique to her. And you don't realize that until you step back and see the larger body of work. And I, that's an excellent point because I am shitting on it for sure. And, and I do stand by what I said for this <laughs> album. But you're absolutely right because I say one of my favorite bands at the drive-in, I had to do the same thing. And I fell in love with the back catalog and understood sort of like what was going on from this infatuation I had from this one. And, and, and it does. It makes such a difference when you see sort of like what's going on. And a producer can make such a huge difference in an album, too, you know. So it's not to say I, I would not like discount her body of work from this album, especially yeah. if, you know, someone I, I, I trust like yourself is saying, check out the rest of this stuff. And such a weird experience for me because I've only known her music for like four weeks. Sure. And and I feel like it's an artist that's like, man, I'm going to like whatever she does, even if certain things aren't as good as a previous thing. So yeah. I, I could be I'm willing to accept that I'm that's giving, high praise that I'm giving just a, a you know, eh, not so good, but right. it's still good because it's because it's her. Right. So I'm willing to accept that I might be a little blinded <laughs> by uh, admiration. Yeah. So anyway, infatuation, admiration, whatever. Yeah. I've talked. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> uh, I've talked enough. Gregorio? Uh, I liked it very much. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Good it insight. sounded like a, um, a smoky, <laughs> sort of dark, loungy place. Yeah, go uh, on. Could, uh, and it actually struck me very similarly to the, the way the book did in that it, it, it induced images for me, mm-hmm. um, mostly having to do with uh, bars where you could still smoke cigarettes mm-hmm. and um, people sort of being drunk but not really and like kind of falling all over each other i thought it was often beautiful um sometimes a little uh heavy-handed but um like tracks like comeback kid was it's fucking incredible i love that track um i also have a penchant for uh indie singer songwriters Mm -hmm. i love ingrid michelson and sarah borellis i mean they're obviously on the popular side of things um But this was a really nice companion to that. I, I really just enjoyed it start to finish. Um, and that's all I got, really. 
uh, I'd recommend the hell out of it to people who like good music. Yeah, I hurt myself running. <laughs> <laughs> I hurt myself running. Uh, 17 came on, and it was like the super intense part. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not fucking 17 anymore. And I started like... <laughs> <laughs> Blows out his knee. Yeah. <laughs> Tumbles down the bridge into the freaking Schoogle. Oh, you guys' thoughts. Um, Use guys' thoughts. Use guys' thoughts. I have mixed feelings. Um, I don't know about uh, nearly as much about music as all of you guys. Um, I feel guys. like it would be you guys. I feel like it's a really <laughs> good album if you like to listen to music when you're writing, um, because I do listen to stuff along those lines when I am writing. Um, so I think it works really well for that. I will say it kind of brought down my mood when I was listening to it. Yeah, it's a real um, bummer. I love that shit, though, man. <laughs> Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) I have to be in the right mood for it, you know? Like, I write a lot of fucked up shit, so I like to listen to to stuff that makes me feel sad when I'm writing. Sure. Um, Helps me get in the space and whatever, so I definitely might try to put it on when I'm, like, working on my novel or something, because I've been really listening to stuff that makes me depressed. (laughs) Like what? Um... I honestly can't think of anything off the top of my head, Nick. Damn it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll go home and look at my playlist and just forward it to you. Um, but if it just makes me sad or if there's any talk about like death and dying, I'm like, I'm in. I am writing about a serial killer, so, you know, it, it's Death fitting. and dying is a pretty, pretty it, integral yeah. part. Um, so it wouldn't be necessarily what I'd listen to like every day, but, but I, I didn't hate it. I'll say. I wow. think there's, there's, good, there's good to it. Mixed feelings. Didn't hate it. <laughs> that sounds like one of my reviews for one of your guys. Yeah. 40% of the table is not on board. <laughs> Daniel's reviews are just like, that is the best record I'll never listen to again. Yeah. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> on purpose. Um, I, was, uh, I was not in the mood for it the, this morning. Um, and I was just kind of... <laughs> Trying to live with it, and He's sharpening I, a knife, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a leather strop. But then I ended up. I was stocking shelves and kind of taking my mind out of it and just sort of existing with sure, it instead. Yeah. Um, and I felt like it could have easily been in countless uh, '90s movies for a uh, sad montage kind of thing where like yeah. someone is in like you said smoky bar they're in their house like i can't figure it out i don't yeah. know what i'm doing wrong she hates me like, whatever that whatever that is that like s- almost self-pitying i can't get that out of this low cutters a love right. story like, right. oh that little that little montage um and then That's I, a movie, by the way yeah. <laughs> that was just a flippant remark what it is i thought it was just a flippant remark no, at least from Gogo Bordeaux. Like, right, fuck you. <laughs> so I started thinking about Gideon in the basement, you know, cold, yeah. damp, just c- cement walls and floor and probably it's a some... sub-basement. Right. That really is... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like the goop from Margot's father in the corner. That's such a like, great Jerry. word. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Just <laughs> no Love lights on, lights of his screen. I, I don't... He wasn't smoking, but I'm in this with all the other... Smoking. Margo is, but like him just in that sort of haze on the phone and that music, which just seemed to pair really well. Like Um, an opening credits 
yeah. on him in the sub basement with right. the heads, the Britney Spears headset mm-hmm. on, you know. Yep. And yeah, just <laughs> that that coming in with that music behind it. Yeah, I could see think, that. Like think you're, of, you're coming down the steps and then down the steps yeah, again. Like it's a, a sub basement. Camera yeah. on rails goes into the house, down, and you kind of see like the leavings of the body, like whatever he has around him. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing. The Mr. Filth. Katz, we just wrote. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> See, guess yeah. you guys As picked a good album to go with. Previously the book. established, yeah. you just have That's to get the movie Almost rights. like we do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's almost like it was on purpose. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you brought up this kind of soundtrack idea, Alex. I often thought that this would be a good. Uh, the songs on on this album, this would be a. This would be in a movie. It would be in the background as a montage. It's something that is catchy enough to kind of inflect the mood on you, but not... Uh, it doesn't you know. take over. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. not just zoned in um, on it, absolutely. And I, I, my brain always kind of goes that way, especially like when Christina's talking through stuff for her own writing. She's like, oh, how about this? I'm, like, mm. I'm seeing it in my head as, as a film or a short film or something like that, and that's usually where my responses come from so that was easy for me once i kind of took my own headspace out of it to see that connection so nice yeah yeah absolutely um yeah again well you know how i feel i i, yeah. I just <laughs> I, I probably have to Tell listen again. To, to the back catalog i'm not gonna i'm not uh, gonna beat that how many death. how many last sunrises i guess for me it's it's a single last sunrise <laughs> that sounds like a drink yeah it does i got a single last sunrise please just get a single last sunrise <laughs> how many fucking six burritos just a vampire that comes out and bites your head off i feel like i feel like it's one of those sex on the beach type things that is blue and like really obnoxious, but like the longer it sits on the bar, it just desiccates into like this black, nice. this black Bring drink. Well, let's go the get beginning this of drink. the episode. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds like what I drank in college. Yeah, kind of like one like of the curdled bowl. milk Literally, sort of shots or something. Blue drink, and it was just a picture of a like neon blue drink. <laughs> Did you go to Westchester? <laughs> no, but I've oh, had well, the fish I was, say, that... I was in New York, but like literally. Same thing. You drink enough of it, you black out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't know who drink. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sugar and alcohol. I had that up uh, <laughs> with the, ra- the Rams Oh, you taste alcohol, more Bronx. sugar. There was uh, the blue drink, yeah. yeah. yeah Can I, I tell an embarrassing that. first drink that I used to order when I was like newly 21? Go for it. I didn't know any better. And I, was, I was a kid, so yeah. I, you know, you want things that taste sweet. Uh, and someone said, oh. Shirley Temple. No, smearing off ice. Oh, yikes. And I was like, okay, oh. that's cool. And then someone <laughs> told me, I was, this is when I was super into the vampire stuff. Someone told me that if you pour um, blue, you're, you're close. Oh, if, no. you blue, if you pour blue curacao in it, then it's blue and you get even more drunk yeah. and it's even sweeter. So I did that. But then I poured not, not grenadine, slow gin. And it turns, so you drink, you take a little swig of your all, your all smearing off ice and then you pour a shot of slow gin in and it turns it red. And it's just like this viscous, bloody looking gross thing that only Holy a 21 year old did it make you feel powerful it made me feel like an asshole later on. <laughs> i have the power <laughs> made me feel drunk. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Holy maybe God. he thought he was a vampire <laughs> and i and i'm just <laughs> biting people in the <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck man who let this kid in again why is he shrugging on his smirnoff eyes tell him we're out tell him we're out yeah. um and further, I only did that for maybe three and a half four years. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until last week. <laughs> <laughs> now that lasted only a couple of weeks until the bartenders, which ended up being my local and the place I ended up working at, they started making fun of me a lot. And like, <laughs> and then they started giving me like real, real drinks. Yeah. Like maybe you should try this since you're allowed to be in bars now. You're not twelve. Yeah. Here's yeah. an old fashioned, you dummy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that, the thing that was in the blue drink was hypnotic. <laughs> Remember that was when uh, hypnotic, hypnotic came out? Yeah. And it was just like a full bottle of hypnotic with like, yeah. Uh, Gross. Jesus. In any case, um, I, I don't have anything uh, more to say about that. I just wish that since we're better utilized. I feel like they could have been. That's my that's my real marker for this because I do love synths so much. And I've been watching a lot of early Cure because mm-hmm. they somehow all this stuff just got released of the Cure in the seventies and eight like early early eighties like their first TV appearance in like seventy nine or something oh, wow. like that. Like it's 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 really fascinating to see they have these synths that like you had to you know work. They're truly analog and um and the and the, and what they're getting out of there i mean they were made to just really reproduce tones and they're getting so much more out of it and i think that's the headspace man is like i know what they can do and you're yeah. not you have so much that you could do and 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 i feel like it could have enhanced the songs a bit it would have been a cool thing and and it's almost like lukewarm in the synth yeah. world uh like they they i spit you from my mouth yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll get behind that and i, w- I would counter that the things that you probably wanted the synths to do, she's doing with other instruments on her previous albums. Yeah. Particularly Are We There, which I think is, man. Wasn't that an oh, Ice yeah. Cube movie? Are We There? Yet. I think that's Are We There Yet, yeah. yeah. There it is. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Got right. it. So the annoying we, thing you said to your father. Uh, we talked about beers. Anybody feeling thirsty? Show oh, yeah. yeah. Any yeah. other closing thoughts no. for the record before we move forward? I enjoy it. Listen yeah. to it. Listen to it when you're writing or depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right, uh, so the beer. This is a, a brewery that does a ton of really good things with stouts. I think the left-hand milk stout is the best milk stout milk ever made. That is an outrageous um, stout. It, it is, oh. and whenever the, oh. the left-hand is on uh, nitro or the hand-drawn, either, typically it's a nitro, I always get it. So it's a great brewery, number one. Um, and I... Uh, I really am excited to to try this. To be perfectly yeah, honest, yeah, it's a ten point two percent Russian Imperial, <clears throat> and the Russian Imperial is making this huge sort of. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it could be called a comeback because I had never heard of it before, and I've been drinking. They've been around. Beer They've been around for, around for yeah, a while. But, Exactly, but like I and Russia, find like mostly. you remember when IPAs became a big thing and session beers became a big thing and saisons and this and this kind of stuff, like. I'm seeing the uh, Russian Imperials now sort of becoming of that ilk where it's a, f- a fat almost like sours and goes yeah. became recently as well. You know, I feel like it's the next one. Well, the, the last two microbreweries I was at uh, in the last two weeks had had uh, Russian Imperial stats. And, and 2SP where we went for yeah. a, a, a cast a while ago. Crack um, that baby. They, they uh, win, I think, every pretty, pretty much every time for their Russian. Here it is. Here it is. The Nitro. Oh, that sweet, sweet widget. <laughs> that widget. So can well, I'm going to take a sip. Cheers, everybody. Well, can you pour some for me and Nick? Too? Absolutely. Oh, Jesus. Um, no, I'm going to finish it. <laughs> I should do this. So, uh, by the way, <laughs> it should be noted that it looks like Yoohoo. Yeah. Because the nitro. It is very dark. Quite a bit. The nitro, uh, of course. Now, I'm not 100% aware on the yeah. science. Just a little bit. A little, I got to drive. Um, That's good. But the, the can it itself has a. Has a widget, which is a plastic sort of like, almost looks like a fan. It's like a ball that's got a little like a top. Like yeah. if you were to if you were to spin it, it would look like a top. Kind yeah. of. The Guinness ones do. Some of them are like a more of a, a uh, cylinder, like a cylinder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when you when when I just cracked it and you heard that fizzing and that like like whirring, that's sweet, that's sweet that's sound. the widget like <laughs> shaking whirring. everything up, releasing then nitrogen into the uh, exactly, and yeah. that it spins it. 
into the beer. So let's uh, cheers give it a try. Take a sip. Cheers. cheers. Wow. That's really tasty. You can really, very, it's very <laughs> creamy. Ooh, that is it. creamy. It is so very creamy. creamy. It really is. I want to pour that on some pizza. It's butter. like a whipped stout. <laughs> it's <laughs> really. <laughs> that even would be. I don't even know what you said. Um, there's a lot. The Russian Imperial and the, the high alcohol things do get. Uh, because there's so much alcohol, you have to put a fair amount of sweetness there. I can't remember what it is, but they do a chocolate peanut butter stout. It's very similar in There's one that, oh, well, it's uh, chocolate peanut butter porter, which is a sweet baby oh, Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. Which is pretty tasty. And then, what but are you talking about a left-hand beer? No, it's not specifically okay. a left-hand. I can't remember what it is. Maybe it was the porter I'm thinking of. Maybe I'm this is, Maybe I'm just dumb already. This is fucking fabulous. It's really tasty. Did we say the name of it? Oh my Wake God. Up Dead. Wake, Wake Up Dead. Dead. Wake it up also dead. has a cool skull on it that... It in similar fashions, really matches the cover of the book. And Daniel Wait. knocked it out of the park with his uh, his linking of our things this this cast. It's I would say, like he did it on purpose. Try to do a good job. It's, <laughs> it's a very long <laughs> skull, though. It's like really? like it's but like, well, yeah, it's but like ele- squished. It's, it's definitely an alien. Skull. It's an alien yeah, skull. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of those alien skulls for sure. For you know. That exist yeah. in reality. If, if a cone head didn't come to a point, it's just like a, a rounded, rounded cone, cone head. head. Yeah. Head. Also, Wake Up Dead is the uh, the title of the last story in my collection, This Distance, which you can get oh. here. It's signed. Chill. Oh. <laughs> it is signed. It is $16, and it's right here at a novel idea on Passion. Amazing. Yeah. And we want to sell it to you. Absolutely. Um, I want you to buy it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Russian Imperial Stouts. Um, my first... Uh, I guess relationship with them. It's a loose word. The word relationship. Yeah, it was yeah. getting yeah. romantic. It was getting yeah. oddly sexual there. We were, we were waiting for you to finish your thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the North Coast Brewing out of uh, California, uh, Fort Bragg, California. They had the old Rasputin. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you've probably seen that around. Well, so just like the, a gold the, the label. Can, uh, or the yeah. label. It is a can, right? Or is it a bottle? It's a bottle. It's okay. A, it it's has Rasputin yeah. on it, that classic Rasputin yeah. Yeah. image, and that always, I love Rasputin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's it. That's <laughs> all I have to say. Okay, that's that's it. Really good. So that's that's I love Rasputin. Um, that one is. He's gonna put it on his tombstone. That one's smoky. <laughs> Loved Rasputin. Yes, that's and in true. comparison <laughs> to this, this is like so creamy and yep. smooth. And I'd say the two SP is a is a like sort of medium between yeah. the two. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. I honestly feel like you could go get this at a coffee shop down the street. And like not even realize. Well, you realize it when you stand up. (laughs) If you if you drank one of these and had a coffee, you would be in the weirdest headspace possible. Oh yeah, because they they would be they would be fighting each other. (laughs) They would be fighting each other. So I mean, you'd either be totally normal, or or you would be just just a whir of energy. Uppers and downers together are always a magical magical combo. What I like to call the casual snazz. Casual (laughs) snazz. I wish I, I wish that was mine. My buddy Eric coined that. Amazing. We were, we were there's, there's not going to yeah. be anything casual about having this and a coffee. But it's snazzy. We'll be snazzy. <laughs> you're going to think you're being casual. Jesus. But everybody knows. But everybody knows it's 100% snazzy. You're like the stoned kid coming into class late. So um, can I give a little bit of history on uh, Left Hand? Please do. So uh, the brewery is in Colorado. Um, That's not how you say it. What? Colorado? Colorado? Oh, uh, I was like, what the fuck did I miss? I will spit all over you. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, uh, the, in, in there, in there about, they're all, you know, trying to be 
fully immersed in Colorado-ness. So they're like, go enjoy Red Rocks and then come over and, and have a have a beer and stuff Fuck like that. But they're a big joint. <laughs> yeah, <Basically>. exactly. <laughs> um, but they uh, they have a number of things. I know them mostly. What is that for number, their, Nick? A number of beers. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, a number of different beers. They actually don't have it listed here. I was just going to go through some of the ones that they highlight on their on their site because right. they're the ones so that funny they, you know, are trying to sell you. And I think that why not put your best foot forward if you're going to do that? So I know them for their stouts, the milk stout specifically. Milk That's stout. the only thing I used to think that they made it's, in years past, to be perfectly honest. It's great. Um, but they, they claim every day we strive for that perfect balance of malt and hops. So they have a Golden Crisp Polestar Pilsner, um, which I've never had, uh, roasty, Black Wake Up Dead Imperial Stout, which we're drinking right mm-hmm. now. Uh, and they have a bunch of, as they said, and they're always striving for this equilibrium handcrafted lagers and ales as well. Uh, I cannot believe I've never seen them before. Um, but I'm definitely going to go out and try and seek them out because, to be honest, now every beer, which has been two, yeah. but two that you can really mess up and it takes some cojones to attempt, the Milk Stout and the um, Russian Imperial, Russian Imperial are difficult beers to do well, yeah. right? Like many people, br- is... a lot of breweries don't even bother to attempt them, and they do them both well. So I feel like how could you not do these other ones well as well? Left Hand makes a hell of a beer. They're a good yeah. brewery. Oh, my God. This is yeah. terrific. I, I tell you, every time I see the milk stout, even like if I'm not in the mood for it, if it's like a 110-degree day, maybe not then, but if it's like a 90-degree no, day in that. the summer, I would still drink <laughs> no. it because it's usually on the nitro or the hand drawn, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. that is... City Works in King of Prussia. My wife and I went on like a 100-degree day over the summer, and I was sweating my ass off, and I was like, oh, milk stout. I'll have... Uh, <laughs> have milk three. was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> I go out there, I'm like sweating bullets. I feel like I'm wearing four jackets. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, was going to comment and say their Juju Ginger is really, really good. You know what? I have really seen nice. the yeah, uh, I've never tried Fade it. Fade to Black is really nice. Um, and their Sawtooth, which is, I don't oh, want to yeah, say yeah, it's yeah. like their flagship, but it's more of the, the casual beer drinkers craft beer. It's like acceptable for everyone kind of thing. For Coors Light um, drinkers. I don't want to go that far. Um, <laughs> he was really light. struggling with trying to <laughs> not offend you. But, you but I will say uh, my mother's a Coors Light or just hard liquor kind of thing. Like she doesn't drink beer. So when we're at a beer place and it would, she asked for a beer and Sawtooth was on, I would say that's probably one she would enjoy. Nice. Gotcha. That's a, nice. Yeah. Me and the uh, wife's first date we went to a pub and we drank many many left hand milk stouts it was one of the first times i've ever had it uh and that was a mistake <laughs> yeah because that'll get you in a weird place yeah for well, a first date especially well no i mean it was everything in that worked out very well we got married but oh uh, right yeah but yeah, yeah. but lacto- i didn't realize that for milk stouts at the time oh yeah that why they called it milk stouts because in the very last the stage of the brewing they just dump a whole bunch of just pure like I'm going to get your guts lactose. Now, yeah. let, just let write me, in. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> what about milk stout <laughs> didn't allow you to think that that's what <laughs> I, <laughs> Ignorance. I wanted, I wanted to believe. Wow. I want to believe. It, it was, was the first day jitters. We'll call it actually. first day jitters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the milk stout. Sure, the milk whatever, stout, I don't whatever know. Whatever she's having, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we'll just going to say, okay, two pictures. Take care of from California, man. <laughs> um, there's a, there is a raspberry milk stout, which I think, oh, that shit, delicious. that could probably be delicious. <clears throat> yeah. I had yeah. never, I, I just saw it when I'm looking, lo- looking through their list of beers. The, uh, yeah. the 
awesome thing about some of those crazier beers, uh, and I've gone to a few of the, um, uh, like the brewery tours. I was going to say brewery tours, but like tasting things that Philly's done where like they take over a bar, they take over the Navy yard kind of thing. Um, and they've, breweries have done some cool stuff with taking something like this and, and dropping, um, a scoop of ice cream in it. Right. And like you get a milkshake, like an alcoholic milkshake kind of thing. And like, that's where the raspberry, raspberry chocolate, imperial stout, like, oh my God, that's so much. Like, oh no, we'll just put ice cream in it and I'll split it between two people. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing was super cool. And, and, um, awesome. It's made for it almost. Not something that you would, really think on you're like oh yeah i'm just gonna put beer in my ice cr- or ice cream in my beer um <laughs> how much have you had to drink today sir <laughs> I had one or two sundays <laughs> one or yeah. two sundays <laughs> For are you lactose intolerant sir <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah why? i'm, crunching. <laughs> I'm <laughs> crunching right now i'm just trying to impress this lady yingling <laughs> makes uh, their own ice cream from the mall so yeah you, like well, before they they finish the process they take they take the malt that's just pure sugar and they turn it since, into their since own ice cream. you know about that i figure you know why they started doing the ice cream I what i believe what i recall the story i've been told in, I think, um, I think this is what i believe in my heart yeah exactly <laughs> um so is this like a trump tweet so <laughs> like uh prohibition and when they were not capable of making alcohol they made well, not allowed i'm sure they were right capable. <laughs> um they because the process apparently is relatively similar, like in large vats and that sort of thing, oh, to make nice. ice cream in place of alcohol so they could keep doing business. Very cool. I didn't From what I that. understand. I probably just needed to like read the carton. And it would uh, <laughs> maybe maybe that's what <laughs> I did with that. like a whole bunch of Yinglings and then a Yingling ice cream. Oh, this is why. This is yeah, why, this is why. No, I get it. I get it's, it. It's and then gone from my head forever, <laughs> yeah. until right now. Can I ask everybody a question? Sure. The can says it's got uh, uh, essence of cocoa and dried fruit. Did we get that? I got peanut butter. Peanut butter? Yeah. I got, got, like, got kind of like a cappuccino. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. more. That's better. Yeah, I definitely got butter. the chocolate. Not maybe not the dried fruit as much. I, I got the no fruit. fruit. No fruit. Here's <laughs> the thing: when dried I fruit. was a young person, <laughs> I will not say the age. But you know how you steal liquor from your He was parents. seven. <laughs> I got the, uh, you know, bright idea. I was like, I'm sick of J&B scotch. It's hurting my body. I know it's not Preschool good. Preschool was rough for I'm, I'm, I'm way too. So in any case, I got the creme de cacoa uh, cordial that was yeah. in the back uh, with its oh. yellowed paper uh, label and crack that sucker, which, of course, had crystallized sugar on the inside. And that... To answer your question, I did get a little hint of uh, that sense, I think, because the alcohol is almost exactly what a cordial <laughs> would be. Um, and I got a little bit. I got a little bit of that. Now you say it. A little, little nostalgia for the I got a little nostalgia. days well, I was of like, middle school. And then, and then you say that. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that does have that kind of tone to it. Yeah. yeah. So I got some of that. I thought that story was going in a very different direction. <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought, when, well, I guess maybe I'm I'm imparting my own experience on your stealing liquor thing and i thought you were going to go from like taking the quarter inch off of all the bottles and just putting it all oh, together which we used to do death mix <laughs> and just yeah whatever oh, it is no. it is. you've been drinking nikki <laughs> yeah i've been drinking <laughs> what of it <laughs> i made 17 long island steez <laughs> you've been drinking nikki <laughs> suck it down i'm gonna do my chores <laughs> 
do my math homework. Um, final thoughts on the beer? Absolutely delicious. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, incredible brewery. Uh, Take theme. it slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it fits the theme perfectly. And I'll be honest, this, as I've grown older, I've grown more lactose intolerant. This might replace the milk stout when, no. I, uh, when I'm Shut in up. the need. When I'm when I'm hankering, uh, right? Yeah. I'll tell you what. You can drink the milk stout at a bar. Much safer than to drink this at a bar. It's very true. <laughs> you have two, three pints of these. You're 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 uh, you're staying at the bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you better bring a cot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I can definitely tell. And we split this one pounder, and yeah, you can tell. Say again. Yeah, it's definitely say again. <laughs> uh, quarter no. quarter pound of beer. I like, I've said it several times. This is great. I, they make a hell of a stout. Holy lord. Final thoughts, guys. On on the beer, yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Everything left hand makes everything they touch is basically gold. Um, although I'm not like a pilsner fan, they oh, they still do even good pilsners. It's kind of like a when it's a hundred degrees, you don't go with a milk stout, you go with something like a pilsner. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they've been, they've no, been great. And uh, I was actually lucky. My stepfather was into beer before I was of legal drinking age, and just kind of said stop stealing garbage and drinking garbage <laughs> and gave me like a few beers to go to in case like in the house just sort of like you can have one of these try that I'm like oh wait i can enjoy beer it's for something other than just drinking to get intoxicated and the milk stout was one of those <laughs> oh, at the nice. beginning i enjoy coors light alex <laughs> i'm sorry yeah, that's it. all you drank the last time <laughs> i'm we were sorry with you. you're damn right uh, love it. no there was miller light in there too I yeah think. it's okay too <laughs> It's all the same. <laughs> in any case, yeah, <laughs> nothing but Schmidt for you. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Lucky He's has Schmidt. <laughs> Every now and then, when I know I should go home, like well, I'll just have a Schmidt for like the next twenty minutes. Give me so seven Schaefers. <laughs> <laughs> Christina, uh, as a non-beer person, I thought wanna, it was fine. Do you want to? Do you thought it was fine? <laughs> do you want another? I thought it was nice, smooth, creamy. Yeah, had a nice flavor to it. Would I drink it again? No, but that's because <laughs> I would choose not. She doesn't not, drink beer at all. Yeah, no. Is person. she me reviewing one of your records? <laughs> 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 I didn't hate it. Exactly. It's but I'd rather shot a tequila. <laughs> all right, oh, well, um, that would have been a much different day. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we, we, that can still be that day. Um, Sunday, well, thank Monday. you, thank you so much for having us. Would you like to say anything about your fine establishment before we uh, sign off? Come visit us. Buy books. Meet us. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> um, Support your local bookstore. And I think you guys really are one for quite a large radius in South mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Like there aren't yeah. many really around there. I teach, you know, way down your street uh, at the other end of Pashunk. And, and, you know, there's there's like a little punk rock bookstore around there, sit and spin. But, but beyond that, it's pretty much just you guys. Um, and I think, you know, absolutely the, the local presses that you're bringing out and all the events as well. Check out the uh, the novel idea page um, because I know the events are are frequent. Yeah, and we do a lot of awesome, events. awesome thing to show your support of not only you know independent writers and presses and bookstore owners, but also um, to really just keep an established like this. You know, continuing to be able to do stuff like that, like you guys have big authors coming through soon, and and who knows who's going to be there, you know, uh, in the future. If we keep supporting, Thanks, Nick. Nick just gave us like a really nice 
Yeah, it was Chocolate. very kind. Yeah. She gave you the Thank thing you. I asked. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so cheers, you guys. Thanks for uh, bringing literacy Thank to uh, um, South Philadelphia. You were so <laughs> has not existed <laughs> until then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Savage. That's not a thing to say. Full savage. <laughs> it's a great Retract. sign off. Retract. <laughs> Thanks um, for coming, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for having thank us. You. Had a blast. Awesome stuff. Check it all out. And uh, Gregorio, take us away, my friend. Make sure, if you enjoyed the show, to check us out on the social medias. Uh, Facebook.com slash Book Record Beer Podcast. On Twitter, at Book Record Beer. And on Instagram, at Book.Record.Beer. We are here at a novel idea on Pat's Yonk in South Philadelphia. Please come on out to the store. My book, This Distance, and the other book, Good Grief, is here. Daniel's book, Panic Years, is here. Buy some shit. This is a wonderful place. I'm a vampire. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> Have a good day. I thought that's what that was doing. <laughs>